0: 89777 7, 7, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by our awesome YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and DraftKings now that we're picking these games against the spread. And by we, I mainly mean he, Emery Hunt, the rock star from Football Game Plan. Check him out like I do on Twitter at Fball Game Plan, Football Game Plan on YouTube, it's one of the biggest and best YouTube football channels I'm, away, I'm aware of, and I promise you guys, you go there, you will learn a lot. I know a lot of you love learning more about the sport. Man, you want to hear Emery talk to some coaches, that is where it's at. Football Game Plan on YouTube. I know coaches that go to Football Game Plan on YouTube to learn about football. Many multiple coaches I've told the story before. I go to the college football coaches convention. I'm the one that played in the NFL. I'm on TV all the time. Everybody walks right by me to go to Emory. Right right by me to go to Emory, the, uh, the YouTube star. Football game plan on YouTube. And then, of course, the draft guide, which is going to be more critical this year, I think, than any other year we've ever had. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. That's footballgameplan.com. Slash 2021 draft guys should probably tell you I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I think most of you know that at Ross Tucker NFL on your social media platforms. Our shows are at Ross Tucker pod, Twitter and Instagram. Any engagement you can give us means a great deal. It helps with the algorithms and more people seeing the post in the first place and being aware of what we're doing, which includes Not only giving you a prospect or two to watch in some of the biggest games, but also telling you what we like against the spread in these college games. Now, might as well. We know a lot of you like to make these games more interesting. Let's do it. Let's make them more interesting. Uh, And and we got a bunch of rivalry games this week, Emery, which should be fun. It's such a weird year, such a weird season. This is usually like the last week of the year. And then – Next week's like conference championships. Meanwhile, this is like week two for the Pac-12. It's literally week four for the MAC. I'm actually doing Emory on Saturday, the MAC game of the year, Kent State at UB. They're both undefeated, three and zero. They both have slaughtered their teams. They both, by the way, combined are averaging just under a hundred points a game. Kent State's like fifty-four and. Buffalo's like UB's like forty four. It's going to be that game, and there's a lot of pro prospects in that game, especially for UB. There, uh, Malcolm Kuntz at the end, the offensive tackle, Olwasika, Jarrett Patterson, the running back. UB's kind of loaded, by the way, Emory, with with top prospects.
1: Absolutely, Patterson is one of my favorite backs to watch too, and and he's a junior, so technically he can go back if he wants to. But man, he's tremendous, and and I like how Dustin Crum, the quarterback at Kent State, has progressed this year. Last year, I thought he was kind of the Mid American Conference version of Tebow, um, as far as like more runner and you know, just a safe thrower. But now you're seeing him be a little bit more aggressive and going downfield, and he's looked better. I think he's dropped some weight too, so he's he's looking a little bit more like a like a traditional quarterback, and, and not just a big burly H back type. But he's improved his passing. Uh, the offense is humming man and and it's just it's going to be a fantastic game you know
0: i i watched yesterday morning their game against akron the coach's tape hmm. he completed his first 17 passes for 300 yards wow i mean he's just like you're. it's almost strange when there's an incompletion it it's i talked to him yesterday emery uh on the on the production meeting with uh, Dustin Crum, the quarterback at Kent State, I said, "Dustin, are you emotionally devastated anytime you actually throw an incompletion?" <laughs> <laughs> it's well, impressive. Right. So uh, that that's noon, CBS Sports Network on Saturday. If you want to see your boy, DVR it, whatever you want to do. Really, really looking forward to that one. Uh, should be a fantastic football game between those two teams and a bunch of prospects. But we also have games, Emory, like Alabama and Auburn. Alabama is laying 24 and a half points. Gosh, that seems like a lot of points for an Iron Bowl matchup. Let's start with Auburn D Lyman, Tyrone Truesdell. He
1: talked about a one gap penetrator. And in this era of spread offenses and spread run games, the best way to stop the run is that quick interior pressure. And he's a guy that explodes into the offensive lineman's chest and able to walk him back. It's almost like, you know, a practice-led drill where he's like lock and drive, lock and drive. And that's what he does with offensive linemen. So that's going to be critical in this game. And I think that's an excellent part of his game. He's more of a, you know, a, a run stopper, you know, who can pressure because he's getting so much penetration. But how strong he is at the point of attack and how quickly he gets off the football makes him a prospect. I know he's going to the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, so he definitely has pro-level game. He's, he's a, you know, um, well-built, well-put-together defensive tackle. Doesn't always – he's not one of those guys that overextends and gets off balance. He's, he's you know, playing with good leverage. And that's why he's such a, you know, I think dominant force on the inside.
0: He's going to be going against – I love when you do this. I've told you this before. I, I love when you give matchups because you going to be going against a bunch – Alabama offensive lineman Landon Dickerson. So I love when you give a prospect on both sides of the ball that goes against each other so that when, you know, our listeners, uh, some of whom are here just to get your picks against the spread, some of whom actually like the matchups and breaking it down and watching it, they can watch Dickerson against Truesdale on Saturday.
1: Now, Dickerson is one of the best run blockers in college football. So that's why I chose that matchup. And he's a tremendous pro prospect in his own right. And you talk about a guy that's consistent, and that's a big reason why Najee Harris has the success he has, big reason why you don't see teams explode up the middle um, as far as pressuring Mac Jones is concerned, because he's such a technically sound player, can play center or guard. Um, but in the run game, in this in this particular matchup, him versus Truesdale is going to be a tremendous uh, battle back and forth. And if he can quickly get movement or at least stalemate to where true doesn't get that quick penetration, that's a win for him. And so I'm going to be interested to see how he dominates a dominant player, because if he can win that matchup, it, all he can do, in my opinion, in my eyes, in this game, is continuously push his stock upwards in the draft with, in April with how he handles this matchup on the inside.
0: All right. So I mentioned earlier, Emory, the Alabama Crimson Tide are laying 24 and a half big points. Which way are you going on this? You know, last week I was all over Kentucky
1: plus 30. And going through the first quarter, going through midway to the second quarter, even going down to the last three minutes in the second quarter, I was looking kind of right. It was like, you know what? Kentucky's defense is going to hold up, and Alabama's going to win probably like 27 27- three or something like that, and he just opened up a whole can of whoop, you know, you know what, on Kentucky, and just blew that game open. So shock when you see 24 and a half initially, but then you think, man, Alabama is scoring 40 to 45 points a game. So they're going to get their 40 against Auburn. It's going to be a question whether or not Auburn can get 25 or 30. I don't see that happening, so I'm laying the points with Alabama straight up. Love
0: it. All right. Hey, I I don't um, I don't like giving that many points. That makes me uneasy, especially in a rivalry matchup. But I I totally get it. I just is Auburn really that bad? They're not that bad, man. Because
1: you know they can they finally figured out you know how to work their offense and make their offense work for them. And it took them a while. But defensively, too, I thought they started to answer the call a little bit. But what concerned me last week, even though it ended up not mattering as much, Tennessee still ran really well against that front. Um, Gray had over 100-something yards rushing. The passing game is what killed Tennessee. Now, we know Alabama can run and throw the football really well. So defensively, there's still some questions about Auburn. So it made what we saw against LSU an anomaly and not a sign of things to come. So when you look at this matchup with this explosive offense and their ability to do well on both ends of offense,
0: it could potentially be a problem for Auburn. So I'm going to go the other way. I'll take Auburn in the point. It's a rivalry game. I mean, 24 and a half. Come on, Auburn. You, you can't <laughs> lose by that much. Let's get to Oregon and Oregon State. You love running backs, dude. Love them. love running backs. You know, and you should. That's what you played. What kind of back were you, Emery? I was probably, you know what? And
1: people ask that, and I will always throw out this name because it kind of fit how I was. It was Sean Green, remember him? At um, played oh, with,
0: yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, for the Jets from Iowa. Yeah,
1: well, from Iowa, I was, I was, I had oh, really so you good. Were, head.
0: You were a thick, big boy power guy.
1: Power guy, like the because I was always about um, between two fifteen and two twenty. So that was about, like two twenty five between two twenty five and two thirty.
0: That's where you weigh right now.
1: Right now, and I'm a leaner now than I was. I was bulkier then and weighed less. I mean, weighed more. Uh, how we? I weighed more less when I was bulkier, but I weighed more now, and I, I'm leaner. Hold on a second, Emery. How tall are you? Five nine and a half, actually.
0: <laughs> Gotta get that half in there. <laughs> Hold on a second. Right now, you weigh between two twenty five and two thirty. Yep. yep. Dude, I would have guessed you were like two oh five. But it blows my mind because again, I am leaner
1: now than I was when I played. You must have and, a big lower body. I, my my legs are are thick, yeah, and calves are are like uh, MJD. You know, is this uh, yeah? So I, I have a thick lower body and a, a bigger upper body.
0: I just don't. I just hide it well. Like I'm right. a solid. You're like dude. John Green, I love that. Now I got that visual image. All right, let's get to these running backs, Emory, I can't believe I never asked that before. I've known you for like ten years. All right. <laughs> Oregon, Oregon State, the Beavers are getting 13 and a half points. couple running backs. Oregon's running back is C.J. Verdell. And he reminds me a lot of Alvin
1: Kamara in the fact that he's explosive. He can do it all. Um, in the passing game, he's just not a standard swing screen flare flat receiver. He can be a downfield threat. Uh, in the run game, he's quick. Two through and past the hole. That's how explosive he is. Now, I do wish he could be a little bit more uh, patient pre-line of scrimmage, and that's something that you could you could work on. Um, even if it's just about taking a, a yard step back, you know, mostly they teach you uh, – well, nowadays with everybody side by side with these quarterbacks, you're five yards deep. But back in the day, you used to, it, seven yards was the standard, and that gave you time to let stuff set up up front. Uh, so his patience can be developed with him just taking a, a yard back and, you know, stepping back a little bit more and letting it play out a little bit. So I think that's one area we can grow, but I don't think people give him enough credit for being as talented as the runner he is. Um, and so I'm excited to see him go up against this, this Oregon state defense. We already talked about that linebacker, backer, uh, Rashid, Hamilcar Rashid, but um, Oregon has a chance to really run the football here against Oregon State, and Verdell is one of the best in the country. That we're going to talk a lot about when draft time comes, as people going to start. Just like how we broke the news that Michael Carter was a really good back back in the summer, and now everybody's talking about Michael Carter at North Carolina, and now he has a Senior Bowl invite. So we always are ahead of the game here on the Russ Tucker uh, College Football College Draft Podcast, and people will start to talk about Verdell too later on uh, in this whole process.
0: I love it. How about Oregon State's running back, Jamar Jefferson?
1: Liked him coming out of high school and followed him uh, in high school because you don't normally see backs this talented go to Oregon State. And I was like, wow, that, you know, they got themselves a, a damn good back. And he went off as a freshman. He was their, their star, was banged up last year. He's back healthy now and is going off again. So he's a, a junior tailback that has tremendous vision, speed, um, he runs with that uh purposeful power. So he's powering through arm tackles, kind of like how you see the back at Georgia do. Um uh the guy that's there now, uh number three. Um, uh, what's his name? Zamir White. How you see Zamir White just kind of like run through arm tackles, that's Jamar uh Jefferson, but he also has breakaway speed. So if they're gonna have an opportunity to win this game, it's gonna be on the backs of
0: Jefferson doing what he did
1: last week in their win versus scout. Cal-
0: all right, so Oregon State is getting 13 and a half points on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Who do you like, Emery? Oregon. Oregon can run
1: the heck out of the football, both uh, quarterback and running back. And yeah, their offensive line is, is you know, different and they're a little bit banged up on defense. However, uh, this is, like you said, this is a rivalry game, so they know they want to stick it to Oregon State, and they just are the better team. And they still have, you know, they're eyeing the college football playoffs, so they have to win this game and have to win it impressing in an impressive impressive fashion. So I'm
0: laying those points with Oregon. Got it. I'm kind of with you on that. I know it's a rivalry game, but I think Oregon probably covers in that one. Speaking of covering, you gotta get all over this Thanksgiving DraftKings sportsbook offer. This is crazy. They're giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh Scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. Yeah, you heard me right. All it takes for you to double your money is one touchdown. One touchdown in the game, you double your money. I don't know what the max is, but put the max. There's going to be a touchdown in that game. (laughs) Put the max in that they let you do and get the free money. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore score a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right. All it takes is one touchdown, and you double your money when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play-through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Let's get to our third game. Loving today's show, by the way. Uh, Pitt and Clemson, a couple quarterbacks. By the way, another exactly 24 and a half point spread, just like Auburn, Alabama. Pitt coming off a big win over Virginia Tech. They got Kenny Pickett back in the lineup, and he's the pit panther you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I I just like how he plays, man. I'm a big fan of his game. You know, whether it translates to pro success or not, I just like watching him play because he has a gunslinger mentality. Like, no one bad play frustrates him. It's just like, hey, all right, well, just going to get out there and just keep throwing it. And that has been his calling card since he's been at Pitt. Um, He's athletic enough to get out the pocket and and throw on a run. He throws well on a run. Um, he's a guy that says looking to make big plays in the passing game. Every time he's not trying to take the safe route. Um, if he can live in an intermediate area, that's where he can thrive. That's where he's going to have success with the occasional deep ball down the field. His mobility allows you to get, get him out on sprint outs and boots and waggles, all those things like that. So he has all the requisite talent. He reminds me a lot of like your, you know, how Matt Hasselbeck played the game, you know, just kind of like a, you know, quick strike intermediate slants, kind of, good mobility, just had the offense just moving. I think that's what you're going to see. That's what you see in Pickett, and I think
0: that's what Pitt is hoping they have against Clemson. It's an interesting comparison there with with Matt Hasselbeck. I like that. I love when you give an NFL guy so I can get some type of vision in my head. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, I can't remember the last time he played at this point. It seems like it's been forever. I know we've talked about him before. Your thoughts on Lawrence. Everybody knows how good he is. Maybe as much as anything, what you think he needs to improve on.
1: Well, I just think that I don't want to see him hold the football. I think he does take a little bit of unnecessary shots because he's holding the ball a little bit too long, um, trying to make that perfect throw. It's almost Carson Wentz-like in that regard where he sees it, just let it rip, man, and therefore you can save yourself an unnecessary hit in the midsection or around your legs. And, you know, sometimes he tries to be a little bit too heroic, uh, which can get him into trouble. And in this game, we know Pitt's defensive line can really get after it and they're going to try to find ways to pressure him. And you just want to see how his body responds to coming back from COVID. We saw Cam Newton kind of have to shake, use two weeks to shake it off. Um, so we'll see how, you know, Lawrence responds. So I'm more interested in seeing in this game, more than, like you said, we know about his talent. We know what he could do well. Just want to see how he's able to overcome that layoff coming off COVID and also if he can, you know, quicken up that, that release and, and get rid of that football a little bit quicker.
0: Yeah, that will be – uh that, that's a good observation, I think, Emery. And I think that's vitally, vitally important is that you get rid of the ball. I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz, but he's uncomfortable. I saw a stat where he leads the NFL in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. Yikes. That's a heck of a uh heck of a trio there for Wentz. All right. So for Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers, they're laying 24 and a half points, Emory. I am very curious to see which way you go on this one.
1: Listen, I know Pitt did what they had to do against uh Virginia Tech and I know they did what they had to do against, you know, NC State and but you can't trust this Pitt team week to week because we saw them go out there and lay an egg against Miami. We've seen them lay eggs before and Pitt does a good job of playing Pitt football. I think I told you the story before where I went out to Pitt, North Carolina last year, Pitt was a big and I had to get to Huntington, West Virginia the next day for Marshall and Louisiana tech. So I left the stadium at the third quarter. By the time I make my way downtown, Pitt to my hotel, Overtime. I'm like, yo, what the hell happened from the time I left the, the stadium to the hotel? Pit happened. That's what happened. So I'm not trusting Pitt
0: here. I'm laying those points with Clemson. Got it. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I, 24 and a half is just too many for me, bro. It just I, I can handle the 13 and a half Oregon, Oregon State. 24 and a half, I just don't see Pitt getting embarrassed like that. I'll take Pitt and the points. All right, our final game, Emery. It's North Texas against UTSA. UTSA laying three and a half points. And surprise, surprise, North Texas has a running back you want to talk about. <laughs> DeAndre Torrey. Uh what I like
1: about him is that he's the you know new age position prototype, right? You're Naheem Hines type. He's explosive. He can beat you in a multitude of ways. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's a good downfield threat in a receiving game. He's a, a tremendous returnman. Um He's a spot starter at running back. When I, when I say that, I'm talking about a guy that's that doesn't need volume. So he can thrive off six carries a game in your offense. Uh, even though they give him the football a lot at North Texas, You know he's tremendous in that regard, but I'm talking about projecting him to the pro level. He can thrive with six carries a game. He can thrive with three receptions a game. You give him nine total touches, you, you helping out your, you're helping out your offense and what he brings to the table. And that's what I like about this game because even though the running back on the other side, Sincere McCormick, for about a good six weeks of the season, he was the leading rusher in the country before the guy at Iowa State just went bananas. So we're going to see two good running backs, but McCormick is a, is a freshman or a sophomore, I believe. But Torrey's a senior and has been consistent every year at North Texas. And if they're going to win, they're going to need him to have his best
0: day against a very good defense in UTSA. Yeah, UTSA's having a nice year. Um that was that was a big win for Army when they beat UTSA. I don't know if you saw Emory, I gotta ask it, did you see any of that Georgia Southern? I did. I, I wanted to ask you about the Shy Words and what you thought about their offense and Georgia Southern, how that how that
1: how they worked their triple option with their passing game.
0: Well first of all, Georgia Southern's offense is really fun to study on tape. It is, I mean, highly entertaining. It's basically, for people who aren't familiar, they run like the option out of shotgun. It's a, it's like a triple option out of the shotgun. It's a really cool, almost like a hybrid zone read option offense. It's really fun to watch, and Works does a good job of it. But for people, it, look, I know some of you are now listening to podcast because you like that Emery and I are making picks against the spread. Emory. Two minutes and seven seconds left in the game. Okay, I got to tell you this quick story. Army gets in. They're up 28-27. Army picks off the backup quarterback. Wirtz was hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay? Two minutes and seven seconds. So, the play clock's 40 seconds. So, they can take three knees, and there would just be seven seconds left over, depending on how many seconds they take per knee, right? Right. So, first down, they take a quick knee. And the coach Jeff Monken does a great job, is like, you gotta take up, you gotta take more time. Like, you know, we don't want to have to kick it punt it to them. Like, we don't want there to be any time left on the clock. So take more time on second down. So he takes more time on second down, and they get two holding penalties <laughs> while they're taking a knee, which stops the clock. So then they have to punt it at the end, they have to punt it to Georgia Southern who gets down in the field goal range, 30-yard line, with 22 seconds left. They run one more play. It's a quarterback draw. And Army kind of holds him up for like three or four seconds, and he's fighting for more yards. Then they take him down. The Army guys all like lay on top of him. They uncover. By the time they set the ball and the guy hits the ground with the spike, there it goes from one to zero on the clock. Clock is out. All George, Georgia Southern was already in field goal range. Wow, they just tried to find field goal. so both teams blew the end of the game royally. I mean, and I had a lot of people tweeting me at Ross Tucker NFL that were that had bets on the game. I mean, that was you almost never ever like both coaches felt sick, I think, after the game. And we even had to do instant replay, Emory, because right when the ball hit, it said one, and then, like, it was like, <laughs> it was like a hundredth of a second. And I think in real time, they say there's no more time, because in real time, you have to see it spike, and then you hit the button. Like, you're not, it's not instantaneous. Right. So, anyway, it was crazy. It was um, like, that, that Cincinnati
1: game was Luke Fickle almost blew that one, and it was a bad beat. Like, score the points. So that four is Cincinnati minus five and a half hits. UTSA linebacker Jamal Ligon. Freshman dude. Now, again, just throwing to throw him out there so people can get familiar with the name. Freshman dude that lives behind the line of scrimmage, and he is really thickened out. He got to the UTSA at about 220 pounds, 219 pounds. He is 245 now and good weight, and moves well. He's athletic. He he plays the run really well. He is going to be a tremendous player. He leads their team, I believe, in, in TFLs and tackles. But, you know, he's a guy that helps out their back end, which is pretty good. He's so disruptive. And if he's having a great game, UTSA is winning this game outright.
0: UTSA laying three and a half points. Who do you like? UTSA defense and run game all the way. I trust their defense more than North Texas. Yeah, I'll take UTSA as well. I don't. I typically don't like laying three and a half. They put all these three and a half, 24 and a half, write it like a key number and then the hook. But mm-hmm. I'm going to take UTSA as well. That'll do it for this week's college draft podcast. Make sure, please, that you are checking out Emory on social at F ball game plan, football game plan on YouTube. And most importantly, the best draft guide available, footballgameplan.com. Slash 2021 draft guide. That is the key. We already did the Ross Tucker football podcast today. A power rankings Tuesday. We're doing even money podcast today. We're doing fantasy feast today. One of the biggest days in Ross Tucker podcast network history. Because I'm traveling tomorrow to Detroit for Texans Lions. So we're getting a lot of it done today. So listen to them. Download. Subscribe. We appreciate it. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out.